0: Ladies and gentlemen, it's Michael C. Bouchard, the host of the Night Stalker podcast, season two, episode two, zero, four, and today's topic will be the phantom killer. Um, This occurred in uh, 1946. Um, The individual was a uh, serial killer uh, dressed in a white mask. Terrorizing the small town of Texarkana, which is on the Texas-Arkansas border, um, as I reviewed a, a lot of this um, information on the cases, it's kind of interesting because um, when you read it, when you read through it, the individual. Um, some reason had had the habit of attacking uh, young men and w- women or couples um, as they were in, in you know in a car usually probably had a make out point or something uh, he killed five people in ten weeks three others uh, his first two victims survived their attack uh, but were seriously injured the first attack occurred uh, February 22nd 46 on a secluded road outside of the town of uh, Texarkana. Uh, The suspect approached uh, Jimmy Hollis and uh, Mary Jean uh, Leary, who were parked in their car. Um, Testimony said that he binded them with a flashlight upon approaching the car and told them to get out of the car at gunpoint. the suspect told uh, the male to remove his pants, and proceeded to beat him severely, fracturing his skull. Uh, he then told the uh, female to run. When she scrambled towards a ditch, he told her to uh, change the course and uh, run towards the road. He chased her, sexually assaulted her uh, with the pistol he carried before letting her uh, run away again. In spite of the savagery of the attack, both of the uh, Both of the victims survived. Uh, second attack was on uh, March of the same year. Richard Griffin, Polly Ann Moore, both found dead, parked in a car at the end of a secluded road. The couple uh, had only been dating for six weeks. Uh, They had dinner with uh, Griffin's sister and her boyfriend earlier that night. Griffin, 29, was a veteran who made his living uh, in carpentry and, and also a painter. He was shot fatally in the back of the head. Moore, only 17, was living in a nearby uh, boarding house with a cousin. She was also fatally shot in the back of the head. Um, hopefully with today's science, uh, we would have probably ended up tracking this gentleman down. Well, gentleman, I shouldn't even call a scumbag a gentleman. Cracking uh, him down, but... Um, this is how it was back in the 40s with the lack of technology. Uh, it was very hard to uh, catch catch individuals like this. Uh, a few weeks later, um, Paul Martin and Betty uh, Joe Booker. Uh, these were the fa- the Phantom's uh, youngest victims. Uh, one was 15. Martin was 15, and Brooke had began dating uh, dating after losing. Uh, Let me see, I just want to try to pick this up, because uh, these notes here were kind of poorly written. 15 Martin, Booker had begun dating after a long friendship. Okay, basically what it's trying to say is, uh, the two started dating after a long relationship. Uh, Booker had played a saxophone local band, and Martin came out to uh, pick her up. Five hours later, Martin's body was discovered. Uh, Brooke's body would be found... uh, wouldn't be found for the next another six days. Um, about two miles away from the original uh, scene of the crime, in the first week uh, of May, the phantom killer attacked one uh, of uh, last official victims, a husband and wife in a farmhouse outside of the village of uh, Starks. Uh, both were killed, a shot in the back of the head. The wife. Uh, Actually, the wife had actually survived this, in spite of being shot twice in the face and having run run to the road. She actually made it to a neighbor's house. Uh, while he, this uh, the serial killer was loose in the city, uh, they had actually called in the Texas Rangers, um, who actually even attempted to bait the uh, bait the. Uh, the killer out that didn't work. Uh torso's uh theory spread wildly about the uh fandom killer's identity. The killer targeted targets of young couples and lack of uh, identifo- identifiable motives such as burglar or revenge, uh, led many in, in the area to believe that he was some sort of sexual maniac. Um uh, yeah, which yeah, that, that, that could be possible because, I mean, think about it. If he's not stealing your money or has no reason to just randomly kill people without taking something or doing something, there's more something psychological going on with him. And I don't know how sexually frustrated an individual could get to kill somebody, but I guess that occurs quite often. Uh, some of the suspects included a University uh, of Arkansas freshman who committed suicide in 48 and uh, escaped uh, German uh, prison during the war. I'm, I believe it was World War II. It would have been World War II. Uh, they, they believed he may have committed, uh, may have uh, committed the crime. It's interesting because reading some of the medical notes, I don't think they're very accurate. They, uh, they also have an L.A. resident who believed that they may, uh, an L.A. resident believed he, who may have been the killer, uh, and that he may have co- committed the, uh, the murders while in a coma. Well, that doesn't make any sense, because if you're in a freaking coma, you're not going anywhere. Uh, let me just see this here's one here let me see I want to I actually want to read this one for many people believe the local man named Ewell Sweeney arrested in 47 for auto theft was the phantom killer his wife confessed uh, to as much at the time I, I see this is the one thing I don't like about when journalists write uh, articles and stuff like that because they're not like a um, it's not like an official detailed police report. Random sentences just popped in. His wife confessed to as much at the time. What does that mean? Um, his wife confessed at the time. Okay, let's just put it that way. But by law, she could not testify against her husband. Yes, she could testify against her husband. It was her option whether she wanted to or not. She later reputed her uh, confession. Sweetie remained in prison as a habitual offender doesn't say what type of offender, I'm going to say sexual offender until uh, his death in uh, 1994 uh, without ever implicating himself in the murders. Well, something had something had there had to be probable cause why he was arrested, so uh, that doesn't seem quite right. Uh, 2014 uh, James Presley, a Texarkana native wrote, he uh, considered to be a uh, a definitive book on the murder which was called The Phantom Killer Unlocked the Mystery of the Texarkana Serial Murder the Story of a Town in Terror well, that would probably be an interesting book to read let me see some others remain unconvinced that in 48 Cole case uh, involved the disappearance of a 21-year-old uh, Virginia Carpenter from Canada is thought uh, by some to have been uh, the work of a phantom killer, which it could be, because right now um, we really don't have any information or evidence attaching, any, you know, linking anybody directly to any of these crimes. You see, April 1999 to 2000, uh, an anonymous woman contacted uh, surviving members of uh, the phantom killer to apologize for what her father had done but Yule Sweeney never had a daughter. So, you know, see here, this is typical in a, uh, a crime, a crime scene, a homicide, or any type of crime that needed to be investigated. Um, like the Joan Risch case that I wrote about uh, a couple of years ago, people for some reason feel the need to uh, become involved in the cases by uh, Falsifying statements, uh, coming forward with uh, facts that are not credible, uh, just to just to, just to get themselves embodied in, in this this type of uh, investigation. You know who knows why they do it. Regardless of the, of the killer's uh, true identity, the town he traumatized has never been the same since the spring of '46. While other towns may have tr- uh, tried to forget such a gruesome legacy, Texarkana embraces it. Um, I don't know so much if that would be something I would embrace myself personally because, uh, you know, it's been 70 70 years later, uh, it's probably more apparent now that he is not out and about uh, killing anymore, but the fact is, um, you had five homicides, uh, three serious injuries, so with that being said, I mean, you know, what do you make of a case like this? It's, uh, you know, it's re- it's really, uh, it's tragic. And yet, you know, now that I think about it, and, and I'm going to kind of, you know, throw this in, um, to the mix, but, you know, nowadays everything has to do with, uh, you know, gun violence because it seems to be a uh, a trendy word, a uh, trendy type of crime. However, homicide serial killers have existed way beyond uh... 2022's um, shooting sprees. Uh, As a matter of fact, shooting sprees at schools are not as new as people would think they are. If one reads or has any idea of or knowledge concerning school uh, shootings, you have to remember that school shootings actually started in the mid-1800s, uh, and uh, they were much more, some of them much more devastating than we've seen today. Um, of course, the media didn't put it out there and give people ideas on, you know, uh, being involved in these type of crimes. but. With that being said, yeah, there uh, school shootings, and uh, serial killings, and uh, mass murders are nothing new to the United States. Uh, so, with that in mind, sleep tight. When you go out for a walk in the woods at night, just remember you don't know who's behind you, and if you hear footsteps behind you, or in an alleyway, a dark lit room, a place you probably shouldn't be, the first question you got to do is ask yourself, what the hell am I doing here? And my question to you is, what the hell are you doing there? And you better be able to run fast because you just don't know who those footsteps are coming from and who they're coming after. Until then, it's Michael C. Bouchard, host of Night Stalker Podcast, Season 2, Episode 204, and we will see you right around the corner.